All right. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Money Down Pod. I am Kayvon Izami, and today we have a very, very special um, episode, special show, especially for me. I hope you all enjoy it as much as I'm going to. We are bringing on Josh Pate, host of Late Kick Live. You can follow him on Twitter at Late Kick Live. Josh, in my opinion, is the best college football analyst, host, journalist, whatever word you want to use there. I believe he is the best. So, Josh, I truly mean that. Thank you so much for tuning in and jumping on with us. I think that people are going to assume that you let me write my own intro bio based on how based on that generous some of that was. But I do appreciate you having me on. Of course, man. Well, well, I had to because it's it's true. And so I want to get right into it, Josh. There is a lot going on in college football right now. And one of the reasons why I love talking to you or wanted to talk to you is because I think you come at things with a very unique perspective than a lot of other people out there. And and one of the things is this whole college football now playoff thing. Now I don't want to get into should it be expanded or should it not? Because that that's an argument that's just all over the place. To me, the most interesting thing is how this decision came about. And I started to think, and I started to think there's so many different ways that this came about. The big 10 wants something else. The ACC wants something else. The Pac-12 doesn't want to lose the Rose Bowl. And it started to make me think everyone has their own agenda first before it's actually helping out the whole of college football. And it made me think, Josh, do we need a commissioner of college football? And is that something that you ever even see happening to happen? All right. So I'm going to ask, I'm going to ask the last part first. Okay. Um, it is hard for me to envision seeing that only because of what it would require. It would require a lot of those entities that want different things, as you just said, that currently have fractions of the total pie of power in this sport, giving it up. And I don't think that they have any interest in doing that. I've, I've always heard us and I've heard fans and I've heard folks you know, maybe on the coaches' side of things, they call for a commissioner. I'll tell you the crowd I've never really heard call for it, and those are conference commissioners and university presidents. And those are the folks who actually have to give it up. So maybe, but it's just, it's tough for me to envision it. Do we need one? Um, in, in times like these, yes. But you notice how there's a little hesitancy in my voice, and that's because I only want one. It's going to sound really funny. I only want one if they agree with me. Because if we had a commissioner in place that, to me, had the wrong motivation or, to me, looked at college football through the wrong lens and their voice is the final word, well, then all of a sudden you realize, hey, that gridlock wasn't such a bad thing. At least it prevented us from heading down a road that now we're headed down. So it's always it's always dangerous when you're looking to consolidate power, whether it be in politics or it be in sports. When you consolidate power, that works as long as the person in charge is someone you align with but you can't always guarantee that you'll align with them and it could be that there's a time down the road where you got a commissioner and that commissioner is steadfast wanting to push an agenda that you don't like and you look around and say wait a second we're helpless i wish we had a vote that could be taken here i wish we could have an eight to three stalemate and so gridlock although it seems like it's aggravating in the moment it's not always the worst of the scenarios Mm. Great point there. Josh Pate, host of Late Kick Live. You can watch that on YouTube and listen to it on any of the podcast platforms. Josh, one thing um, those that might have noticed when I started saying everyone has things that they're looking for in terms of different stuff. The ACC, they are looking 
they're, they're confused. They want to know where college football is going. The Big Ten, they want to see uh, – they want, like, automatic conference bids. In the Pac-12, they don't want to lose that Rose Bowl money. One conference that I didn't mention is the S- – Josh, to me, the SEC, out of all of them, shouldn't even be the one that wants to expand because they're the one that's going to lock to get at least one, most likely two now at this point, every single year. Do you find it weird, Josh, that the SEC is so on board with expansion when they're really the ones that don't need it? Well, it's kind of like if you and I, let's say you and I were roommates right now, or let's say you and I live or work together, and and we're going to, we're going to prioritize what we want in a living condition. We're going to move to a bigger city. So you and I come to an agreement, hey, man, we just want to live around big buildings. Do we want to move to Dallas or do we want to move to Chicago? Do we want to move to L.A. or do we want to move to Seattle? Well, the answer is we can go anywhere because all of those cities have big buildings. Mm. And with the SEC, there is really no bad solution for them right now because they have all the advantages the sport could possibly offer them at their disposal. So what works for the SEC today would work just as much in an expanded format as long as here was their hang up. As long as you don't reverse engineer it to try and not inject some form of competitive equality and balance into the sport by putting a bunch of auto bits in there and auto bits for those listeners unfamiliar just means guaranteeing the conference champs will have a seat at the playoff table any given year. So you go into the year, you don't know who's going to win the ACC, but you know that team's going to make the playoff. Well, for obvious reasons, the SEC said, wait a second, we, we'll sign on to an expanded playoff because it could make us a ton more money and get a bunch more of our programs in the playoff. But we're not going to sign on if a majority of that playoff is taken up by conference champions and, and a G5 guaranteed seat there because we don't view those conferences as our equal therefore we don't think they should have a guaranteed seat so greg sankey's hang up was i'm not signing off on this if you load it up with auto bids the other conferences said well auto bids are the only way they can guarantee we get in so that's what we require and the sec said all right whatever that was their attitude that would be my attitude if i were them Josh Pate here, host of Late Kick Live. Um, Josh, I want to talk about here, and this is such a broad topic, um, and and it's hard to even come up with a full answer for it, in my opinion, but the the whole conference realignment thing, there's so much talk about what's going to happen, will it happen. Obviously, Texas and Oklahoma are going to the SEC. Do you envision down the road, whether it's five years, 10 years, 20 years, where – there's actually going to be a big change in conference alignments where we're going to see possibly big 10 teams go to the ACC or ACC teams go to the big 10. Again, I know that's kind of hard to answer, but just your perspective on conference realignment. Um, yeah. I mean, I think in some shape, form or fashion, a version of that is inevitable, but it's just, it's kind of like geopolitics right now. You know, a lot of people are, or paying attention to things that are happening overseas. Mm-hmm. And if you talk to political experts, you know, they would they would tell you for years and years and years, hey, I think this is going to happen. But it's a really broad statement. Uh, they're, they're not specifics. It's not until you really get close to a world event actually happening that you see the devil in the details. And it would be the same way with conference realignment. I mean, we can say right now, I think the SEC is going to expand to 20 teams or or it'll be just its own super league with 30 teams. But I mean, we didn't know that Oklahoma and Texas were going to the SEC 
when the week they moved started. We had no clue. Uh, and big time people were involved in that that didn't have a clue. So I say that to say, yeah, I think we'll eventually head there. It's just the, the practicality and business sense in me says, yeah, we'll probably head there. But I don't think there's any skill out there, including if we were to loop in Greg Sankey, the SEC commissioner on this call. I really don't think there's a whole lot of skill in predicting how it will go because it's, it's such a fluid situation week to week and then obviously year to year. All right, Josh, let's get into some football now. Let, let's have some fun here. Um, I live in North Carolina, Josh, so I am in what you would call, I guess, ACC country. A um, lot of NC State fans, a lot of UNC fans, Clemson fans. That, that This is what a lot of people would say, ACC country. Josh, are you worried about Clemson football moving forward after their one down year in God knows how many years? Yeah, at the very least, I would say I'm concerned about it. I was, you know, I was just looking over Clemson last night and again early this morning for some stuff we're going to do on them down the road. And it's just tough, man. I don't care which program it is. Aside from Nick Saban, you have not watched many programs out there lose both coordinators and an athletic director simultaneous and just keep on tick, just, just keep on trucking, if you will. Um, that's what they're going to be tasked with doing. And here's the other part of it. Clemson is not coming off a national championship year. They're not coming off a high year. Normally you lose all your integral pieces once you've won something big well clemson had one of their worst years recently uh that they've had last year and then they lost all those pieces and i thought the most curious aspect of that that we're about to see play out this year is davos when had a very very key pair of decisions to make uh, with those coordinator hires and i was really of the opinion that he was about to go outside for those hires because uh, i thought he would assess his program i thought he would realize there's a little bit of staleness here this is a pond. We need it to be more like a lake. We need some, you know, we need some water flowing in. We need some fresh ideas flowing in here. That's not to say you ever change your value system. You don't ever change your bedrock principles, but you can absolutely get new ideas and a fresh approach every now and then. Well, he did not do that. He chose to promote from within for both coordinator positions. And so whatever his way of doing things has been, he doubled down on it. And that's going to lead us very quickly to find out whether 2021 was a blip on the radar screen or whether it was kind of a sign of things to come. And that in 2022, I think along with Texas, those will be two of the biggest magnifying glasses on the sport of college football. Josh Pay here, host of Late Kick Live. If you are not following him on social media, I don't know what you're doing. Follow him at Late Kick Josh. All right, Josh, we're going to end it here with a fun little game. I wish I was creative enough to come up with a better name, but we're just going to call it Which Program Are You Buying? Now, I want to be specific here. I'm going to give you some programs where you think both could be going in great directions. Um, so I, I, I don't want you to have to, you know, upset. I know these fan bases, they love you, they're following you. But if you had to pick one out of the two that I named, you could like them both, but we're just going to go if you had to pick one, okay? All right. All right, which program are you buying more, Josh? Florida or Tennessee? Florida. We'll always lean, I will always lean towards the more fertile recruiting ground if I, things are comp, if I think things are comparable in my mind. I will always lean towards the more fertile recruiting ground. But as you said in the tee-up, I could go about 10 minutes on why I'm very confident in Tennessee too. Yeah, I, I like the direction Tennessee is going. All right, Ole Miss or Arkansas, two programs that I really like the direction they're going. Arkansas. 
far more long-term stability at head coach. Mm, Sam Pittman's done a great job there. All right, which program are you buying more right now with Josh Pate? Miami or USC, Southern California? Yeah, we did this one on the show the other night. It was tough. So I went with Miami and, of course, you know, got inundated with hate mail from the West Coast. (laughs) But this one, to me, was the closest to being a 50-50 proposition. Uh, It's the one where I could make the strongest argument on the other side, on the USC side. The reason I went Miami is because I think, you know, I I think that the investment level that they had to show to even get Mario Cristobal to come there will also be dovetailed into upgrades that they've needed for a long time down there. And if you can just overturn the culture, if you can hit that South Florida culture button and you can keep a majority of that South Florida talent home, and you're in the ACC, it's a very winnable situation. I mean, it's a gold mine of an opportunity. But then you can say the exact same thing up and down the board about USC. So it's very close. I mean, by fractions of an inch, I went Miami. And then I want to just end it off on Miami right there because I think Miami's fascinating right now. Are you surprised how much they've been willing to invest into this whole situation? Because that's what Miami, as you've said numerous times on your show, and I think it's a great point, they haven't been willing to give the resources, a.k.a. the money. Um, are you kind of surprised not only that they are and that he, Cristobal's actually been able to lure a lot of these guys like Josh Gaddis? Yeah, I think they needed to infuse nostalgia into the equation, and they hadn't done that. But when you had a guy that played there uh, that has been succeeding 3,000 miles away and has been locking down talent in Oregon, and again, he's one of yours – and then your job comes open, that, I think, was the selling point. It wasn't just, there's a good coach we can get. It was, there's a good coach who is one of us that we can go get. And that's all people in South Florida love talking about is the you, the you, the you back in the day and what we used to be. Well, someone finally was able to pitch them on, well, what we were, we can be again if we go get someone who was around when we were that. And, boy, they came to the table and they emptied the pocketbook and, I think that is probably a perfect storm type situation that they pulled off. Mm, And if Clemson really is on a downtrend, Miami could end up taking over the ACC fairly quickly. This is Josh Pate, everyone. I am so thankful, Josh, that you came on here. I hope um, the listeners enjoyed this as much as I did. Once again, follow him on Twitter or all social media at Late Kick Josh. Thank you so much for your time, man. I appreciate you having me on.